the Dad to Be Dolly podcast. This is me, Brian. And this is me, Mike. And we are here for three weeks in a row. We have recorded, possibly edited, and hopefully uploaded an episode of the podcast. And we hope all is well with you. Today's podcast, uh, from the feedback we have gotten from a few people, i.e. friends and family of me, is, is that we, we wander too much off topic. And then some people said they'd like me wander lots off topic. So what we're going to do today is... We're going to start with the topic, stick to it, and then probably get lost halfway as usual. We need feedback from you guys too, who aren't related to me via blood and or marriage to say, you guys talk too much crap or talk more crap. It's fun. I don't want to hear about regimented things. I mean, I personally feel that part of the magic is the wandering. But what's going to happen is we're, we're going to take feedback from people and if you don't like that then it's your job to get in touch with us and just say hey i don't like the fact that it's all like set in stone and all scheduled how about a little bit more natural and like just be straight with us we'll we'll if you if you're nasty we'll just ignore you so okay so today's topic i figure is a good one that i know i looked up when i was uh, in the throes of expecting a baby well you know when my wife was in the throes of expecting a baby is things that people are afraid of specifically fathers oh Actually, we'll stop there and do the first meander of the day to say Happy Mother's Day uh, yesterday to everybody out there who's a mother. Um, well done on producing a child. Kudos it's, to you, those. It's the ultimate uh, fuse. Even, even if you didn't mean to light it, you're still having that baby. As I said, meander aside, uh, we're going to go through the top 10 things people are afraid of when it comes to being a dad, specifically. And maybe probably across the board, being a parent, I would say, as well, probably figures in there quite a bit. Uh, so we'll go back and forth. Mike, I've given you five I found online. I have five I found online. And uh, we'll just act as almost interviewers of each other who are dads. Questions that might come from dads-to-be. Take okay. So the first question came in from a guy called Andrew. And his Not question- to us, I should point out. Sorry, this list is from um, thebump.com, uh, which is a very popular website for uh, pregnant women. And I think they've got a very small section for men, but I don't think it's very big. Um, the first question comes in from a guy called Andrew. Um, and it's a really straight question. He's just asking, will I do everything right? Uh, for me, the answer to that is no. But that's the whole thing about parenthood is no one is the perfect parent. If you read 100 books, they're going to tell you 100 different ways of doing things. If you ask 100 people, they're going to tell you 100 different ways of doing things. Have I picked up my baby and possibly hurt her? Probably. Have I changed an nappy wrong and she's got poo all over herself? Yes. Today? Yes. Have I fed her and not paid attention? Maybe she's got some air in her, in her stomach? Yes. But these are the things that happen. And you go, oh, okay, no, I won't do that again. And as long as you're not learning the lesson of don't set fire to things around your baby, then, yeah, you know, it's a learning curve. Don't be stupid, but everyone makes mistakes and that's how you learn yeah and i think it's important for dads to say to their partners let me try i know you know how to do the nappy properly but let me try because there's no point in having a professional and an amateur everyone needs on the same level yeah exactly so don't be afraid to say yeah like I'll, i'll take a go at it because it can happen where you've got a situation that the one parent does the majority of caring, whether it's because they're there more often due to work commitments or maybe they are the kind of person that enjoys doing for their child, you know. And it's important that you don't feel alienated or pushed away from your child. And you can say, hold on, just, yeah. Pass, At the end of the day. Pa- pass it over, I've been in work all day. Whatever, whatever the situation may be. Two pa- if there's two parents or one parent or a care or whatever, if one person is good at things, then you learn from them and you go both be the same level of good at it, ideally. 
Uh, okay, so I think that one's kind of covered off. And again, oh, by the way, guys, if you do have questions and there are fears you have, you can send them through to us on Twitter or on Facebook. And uh, we'll certainly have a look and see if we can get back to you on uh, what we think of that uh, when we do eventually start getting into a uh, reader's questions or whatever uh, section of the podcast. Okay, so the one I have came in from a guy called Joe, and his fear was that something would be wrong with the baby. That's a that's a fear that I think I, I, I know I had. I think every parent has it. Um, and sometimes you don't let yourself think it. You try and push it to the back of your mind. But you never know. You can go to all the scans you want and you can have all the doctors you want tell you, but you never get confirmation that there's nothing wrong until you, you're holding the baby and they're checking the baby and yeah. there's tests Even that can be done that, in real life. down the line, you might not know it. Well, I mean, real life scenario, we went through the nine months of tests and everything and, and scans and everything was A-OK. And then when Mila was born, she had lymphedema in her feet. Yeah, that wasn't seen in any scans. It wasn't like I don't expect that it would have been picked up because it's it's ballooning of the feet. Yeah, and when you're I, a, it's it's an ultrasound is going to pick up balloon feet. Honestly, it was it was a huge win that the the midwife noticed it in the the labor board that she noticed it after Mila was born Straight because away. yeah, oh, wow. um, when we went to specialists, they said, "How is this picked up so early?" Mm. Um, and we said, oh, the midwife told us that we should get it looked at. And she said, good for her. Yeah. Because that usually doesn't happen. So that's the kind of thing you write off very oh, yeah. easily swollen feet. Oh, she's just been born. Of course she's just squeezed through like a birth canal. Of yeah. course, like there's going to be exactly. redness and swelling and whatever. And then you would notice it because it's her first baby. So, yeah, fair play to her for knowing. Yeah, so I, I definitely had that fear. I, um, I don't know if I've mentioned it before. I probably have. But Lima or Lima. Lima is a place. It's Lima is a, is a is a a mixture of Mila and lymphedema. Apparently, no, it's, uh, it's a place in Peru. That's it's fine. it's also a, a friend of mine that I grew up with. Big shout out to Lima. Um, <laughs> in the Lima hood. Sorry, lymphedema is a, a condition that Mila has in her feet, um, and it can be a side effect of uh, surgery after cancer. Uh, that's called secondary lymphedema. So you have your lymph nodes taken out. Obviously, if they're not there, they're not doing their job and the lymph, the fluid can build up and the lymph nodes can't drain it away. So uh, the treatment is really massage and compression. Uh, Mila hasn't had cancer. She hasn't had her lymph nodes out, but they're not working correctly. So she is getting a buildup of fluid and it can happen in different parts of the body with her. It just happens to be feet. So it's something we've been dealing with. Yeah, we're managing it quite well. She's managing it, should I say, very well. But if you don't know the difference, I think sometimes it's for your baby and you've got something like that. It's like, oh, this is just what I have. This is how my feet are. This is whatever. And is it something she'll grow out of? No. So she'll always have the video. She the will, but if it's managed, it won't It won't hamper her development. Yeah. And it won't stop her from doing things. The only thing I foresee that she won't be able to do at this stage is maybe wear fancy high heels That's and exactly stuff like that. That's exactly what I was just thinking. Yeah. Like, but I know I like wearing fancy high heels. We, we made the mistake... At the start, when we found out, we were first told the word lymphedema. What do you do? What did you do? When oh, you, you Google it. You Google it. And, yeah. and do Worst people, case scenario. Do t- people take pictures of well-managed? and oh, no. no, it's the worst case scenario every single time. Yeah. So we're seeing pictures of people with the worst possible lymphedema that's out there. And we're reading cases where people can't walk. They can't learn. They, they, their their development is is uh, completely stopped with their, with their walking. So they're wheelchair yeah. bound. And... Both myself and Michelle were like, okay, our baby's probably going to be in a wheelchair for her life. We can manage um, that, expecting on that. It was then. it was a tough time. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until I was working one day, um, I teach music, for anyone who doesn't know, 
and uh, I was chatting to one of the parents and uh, I said yeah so Mila has lymphedema and she's like oh let's call him Charlie Charlie yeah. has that and uh, I was like really and she's like oh yeah it's no big deal like I mean and I was like how does it hamper him because like, I was still in my head of course, yeah. wheelchairs wheelchair and she's like it doesn't hamper him at all it's like he has his, his shoes have to be worn a little bit he has to get wider shoes mm. um He'll not. He'll never run a triathlon or anything like that. But he's fine. He plays sports. He's grand. And that was the first time I remember, kind of breathing and going, "Okay, maybe she's going to be fine." And like her development has been absolutely spot on. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a big deal finding out or worrying about your child not developing properly for whatever reason. You're gonna like put it on yourself. You're gonna be like, "What did I do wrong? What yeah. could I have done different?" You yeah. know. Um, but even in the scenario that we were in, where we were facing a child. Uh, who was going to be disabled, going to be in a wheelchair, we pulled together on it. Um, it hasn't panned out to be that way, but if it had to have been, it, it would have been, and yeah. we would have dealt with it. We would have had her, be- her her bedroom would have been downstairs, and yeah, you, you adapt. Of um, course. You get so a wheelchair and away you go. There's no point in fearing, I think, until it's it's upon you. All you can do is hope, and if you're religious, you can pray, and if you're not, then you can continue to hope. But yeah. there's no point in freaking yourself out with the possibility of the worst case scenario i mean i think you did that a little bit you with, were when when uh, when you were prenatal um you were you were talking to me while we were in the cafe and it was a regular occurrence that you would bring up i'm worried about the baby's development no it wasn't that i mean there was a situation one occurrence especially that you were there when when jenny just said and look if 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 this is a fear then Especially this one, especially as a man, is one you're always going to have. Um, when the baby is in utero, when it's in the womb, uh, what's going to happen is you're going to have no control over that part at all. So one day Jenny texted me and said, look, the baby isn't moving much. What do you do? And then I was like, okay, worst case scenario, obviously, is that something bad has happened. So I was like, look, you're in Dublin. Go to the coom. When actually I should have just been relaxed about it and pretended at least to be relaxed and said, look, it's probably not a big deal. Maybe just go to the doctor and that would have fixed the problem. But um, I think the, the thing is, I wasn't overly worried about these things. It's more about, I think everyone does that, where it's like you're separate. If, if the baby is inside someone else, you've no control over that part of it. And I like being in control of things generally anyway. So it was something where it was like, I can't have any steer in this whatsoever. So I'm afraid that something bad has happened to my child or something bad will happen. And in that situation, which is very much the worst case scenario, what do you do? It's one thing being worried about maybe the kid's going to have special needs like uh, like have Down syndrome or maybe the kid's going to have uh, multiple sclerosis or whatever. These are really severe things. And I think that goes through everyone's head at least once. But there's also the fear of maybe what happens if there's a miscarriage or something happens. Now, obviously, touch wood, like well, that didn't happen. But it's a terrible thing. It does happen quite often. And I think... I think it happens an awful... I remember reading more than statistic. Yeah, it's like one in one in single digits of pregnancies ended, ends in a miscarriage. Yeah, I think it was like, one in eight. Yeah. Now, and that, that could be that a very early shocked. stage. Yeah, no, but I mean, an early stage miscarriage can be devastating oh, to, to a, a couple, a family that yeah. have been trying for a long time. Yeah. I mean, um, the thing is, again, and this is off topic of that, and let's go back onto the, the topic of being afraid of things. Um, like, if the baby's not going to be okay, I mean, our daughter has... Had uh, has eczema and she had a really bad flare-up of eczema and it got infected and she was in hospital for a few days. Um, but like in my head after that, just like you with the, the shoes and much less 
less like lymphedema end of things like it's like oh she's gonna eczema forever she's gonna be a teenager with eczema she's gonna be in school and have all flaky skin and she won't be able to dress like anyone else because she's got eczema or whatever whereas realistically speaking eczema even though it's quite severe now as a baby will probably something she'll grow out of so if one of your fears is that something isn't everything isn't going to be okay with the baby look if it's not as a parent you can deal with it um it's 2016 there's ways to deal with pretty much anything um and all it is if if that's a reason why maybe you don't want to be a parent or maybe you're now in the throes of pregnancy or you're preparing to get pregnant there's support groups and communities out there for everything so it's natural to be afraid but i would say that's not a reason i would not consider being a parent because if you live in fear and you won't do something because you're scared of what might happen then you may as well just never leave the house and if there's any parents out there that are dealing with anything at the moment to do with uh, maybe an illness that your child is experiencing get in touch with us and, and and let us know what you're going through because maybe your experience can help someone else that's just finding something out you know it'd be good for a parent to find the not worst case scenario because exactly. this is okay right this is just a small exercise for parents to be your parents who are whatever with baby just google nappy rash Google image search, and you're going to get literally the worst possible occurrence of nappy rash. Nappy rash is a small bit of red skin. It's not what the pictures will show you. So just multiply that by 10 for everything else you might get. Dandruff in babies. Oh, your baby's head's going to fall off. So, you know, just kind of temper everything you come across. And then, yeah, as Mike said, anything you ask, get in touch. If we don't know, we'll find somebody who does. Or if you're the person who does know, it'd be great to have you on. Um, so... The, another question that came in came from Brian. Was this from you? No, this is uh, this is long before I was a parent to be. To be honest, it says it. I fear not being able to properly provide for my family once the baby is here. Um, I assume that this is a financial thing. It sounds like financial yeah. to me. Yeah. Look, well, look, it's the, here's our, the thing for me is we planned on having a kid. Me and Jenny were married, which wouldn't bother me. I'm not a religious person, but it's more. But we 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 said okay, well, look, when we get married, we're going to have kids, and we were prepared for it. Uh, financially and otherwise now if it's a case of you either weren't prepared for it or you planned on it and now you aren't prepared for it or you're worried you're not going to be prepared for it then maybe look at your work situation and stuff and see if there's any way to get more hours like that's the very immediate option or then there's look this is how much we spend on ourselves this is what we need to spend i think the key part of, of financial planning is a budget and if you can stick to a budget then, which is like, I mean, Jenny's so good at financial planning that generally speaking, it's a case of, okay, this is what we're spending this week. And this is, and, you, and I'll make up a list of things we're going to make for dinner that week. And that's it. And we just basically had to factor in another person into that. And, and, and that was basically it. And I will give a cheap plug for our sponsors here, uh, taxpro.ie. Um, a big thing that a lot of people don't know is that you might get, apart from a huge amount of tax back from previous years you haven't claimed, there also might be things you aren't claiming for that you could as a parent, things you might not be claiming for if you're married or whatever your, your social situation is. So being aware of the supports that are there financially uh, from the government, no matter wherever country you live in. Um, is very important so I would definitely say because I know we did uh, when you find out there's a baby on the way do get in touch with a tax person like taxpro.ie cheap plug or with an accountant or a friend who might be involved in financial um, the financial world who might say look yeah okay well you're spending if you're me back in the day when I was working my really bad job in retail you're spending 16 quid a day on coffee that's something you don't need to do so maybe you start bringing your own coffee or you start drinking some tea <laughs> and that's like that that's the very basic financial information you could do to save yourself a lot of money 
I think that an awful lot of time, um, when you find out you're going to be a parent, dad or mom, that you can sweat the small stuff a little bit. And finance is a huge concern for some people. But things like the costs of having a child, that stuff, in my experience, it works itself out. I remember I had a I had a job as a social care worker for almost five years. And um, when I stopped working in social care, I took an 85% pay cut to start working for myself. Yeah. So I felt that I was going to be broke, completely without a penny. And what happened was weird. My lifestyle didn't suffer. It didn't go down. I didn't seem to have a drop in income. Yeah. But I just wasn't wasting money. Yeah. If you manage what you have. I had more disposable income as a social care worker. Yeah. But, but I wasted just, it. You were I disposing had of it. Nothing to show for it. Of course. Um, and I think I've certainly been there. Yeah. I think as a couple or as a single individual, the money that you spend um, on a day to day, that can be redistributed towards your child and you won't even notice it coming away from your, your oh, daily no. spend. No. Um, the, the, another thing is the initial cost of the kid, of all the stuff that comes with it in terms of chairs and slings and everything else. Um, I know of people who spend over 15,000 euros on kit and hit everything for a baby. Uh, you don't need to spend that much money. If you have that much money to spend, happy days. If not, there are charity shops, there are, there are secondhand sale websites. There's If you're in Ireland, there's Dundeal. If you're in America, there's Gumtree, whatever. There's loads of places you can go and spend. We spend less than three grand getting everything. We got hand-me-downs, which when you're a parent are a blessing because we have so many hand-me-downs of clothes and baby kit and, and like we use the bath that I was bathed in when I was a kid and we use the Moses basket that Jenny was in when she was a baby so not only is that like free it's also cool something I used when I was a baby and more than likely if your parents are around they'll probably have something that was of yours when you were that age yeah uh, we, we did the same thing most of the stuff we got was second hand the only thing we spent big on was the baby mattress because we wanted a, a new mattress for, for, for a new baby yeah, um, but the, the cop was second hand like i mean found an escape yeah just just there it was and the rats scraped like off pets. the spray paint they're, they're pets for the baby and it's important that uh, the kids that the kids do have pets which actually this isn't about pets nate's fear was all the crap that would be everywhere around the house i don't know maybe nate's a one of these people that has everything perfect one bed apartment or something yeah yeah i could or, say that would be actually yeah i could say that would be a problem in a one bed apartment Yes and but no. But Ikea, Ikea is a place. Ikea, you can store everything in a tiny little space the size of your fingers. So. That's, that seems to me to be a fear of someone who uh, is about to have their first child and hasn't experienced the chaos of having a child. You, ha- you like Things like wanting everything to be just right yeah. have to go out the window oh, because yeah. all of your attention is on, is that nappy rash gone? Is she taking her full bottle? Has she burped enough? I mean, we, that's we, the stuff that you're worried about, not is the floor perfectly clean. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about uh, dirt and germs. I'm talking about toys and yeah, little blocks and stuff like that. Yeah. You you will learn to sweep with the side of your foot real quick um, to get those things out of out of the, the way as you're trying to bring through a baby or something. But the fact of the matter is that um, life is messy when you have babies and and toddlers and newborns. Yeah. Um but it doesn't have to be dirty. Like I mean you you can like my house is messy, but it's it's functioning at a peak for to for to manage Mila. I've so. got it we've got a seven week 
two, three day old baby and my house is messy, but manageable messy. But like, this is from a small baby. Like they, it would only get worse, but I couldn't care less. I try and clean as much as I can. But I know for a fact right now in, in the baby's room, which is essentially her changing room now, on the floor, there is a grow bag. There is two nappy bags. There's some, some water wipes that fell off the thing today. There's a baby vest covered in poo from a, a massive poo she had earlier. And there's a baby top with a, the sleep suit with some puke on it, which is hers, not mine, I should point out. And in the sitting room, there's probably a couple of nappy bags and stuff lying around. But it's just because you're basically orbiting around a baby. This is the best, actually, it's a pretty good, that's the best example I can think of saying is you are, your life revolves around it, but also you do. You can't leave her alone too long, if at all. So you're going to be doing everything with one arm, which you get really good at doing things with one arm as you're holding a baby. You will be, you'll be okay. So she's fed now. I'll wind her, I'll change, I'll change her, I'll wind her, blah, 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 blah. And then you've got an hour of window to do other things. And those other things will always be Things that you're like putting off, like today I had to renew my insurance in the car, had to renew my tax in my car, had to do a lot of small things, had to get back and ring somebody. And then before you know it, it's it's seven o'clock and it's like, okay, so the house is going to be messy again. Meh, whatever, I'll get over it. That brings us nicely into the next question, which is uh, in from Hendrik. I'm scared that everything I will do now will be centered around babies. This is true. <laughs> it it will be. But the thing is... And again, it's about managing the small things. Like last week's episode, I said how me and Mike went to see Deadpool, which was cool because I know it's it, when you're when you're it's like when you go from being single to being in a relationship, half your time goes to the other person, and then when you get a baby, a third if you're it doesn't you you don't get a third, you get like eleven percent maybe of your time is your time, not including sleep, which also kind of baby time because if she wakes up, you wake up. I think. For me, I mean, say on Saturday night slash Sunday morning, like most other people in Ireland, I wanted to watch the UFC. Uh, I know I couldn't go to the pub because I got a baby, but what I could do is uh, time my change at three in the morning and feed of the baby to get up and watch the pay-per-view, um, which was fine. I was like, okay, I'll try to get a nap in beforehand, and this is fine. It was something I had to plan it for two days. And then because the baby was just like, nah, whatever, she didn't go to sleep. So yesterday I got like an hour and a half sleep, but that's, that's fine. I'm not, I'll be tired anyway because I got a baby. So I don't mind sacrificing, maybe going to the cinema the odd time, maybe going to meet some friends for a coffee or a beer or whatever, because like I wanted to be a parent. Yeah. I knew there's sacrifices involved. It's not something you should be afraid of because when the baby comes along, you honestly, you won't care. Yeah, I think a really good point to be made here is that if it matters to you enough, you'll make it happen. Yeah. If if the UFC fight didn't matter to you that much, you could easily say to yourself, I can't watch the UFC fight because I've got a baby. Yeah. So I've, I'll I've, watch it in the morning or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. But it mattered to you. And it, yeah, it took you two days to plan it. But yeah. it mattered to you enough. And you, it's the same with going to the cinema. Now, um, stuff that you do now as a, as a, a non-parent a lot of that might fall to the to the sidelines but that's because it it's priority has dropped now yeah. that you have a baby so it's not that you're you're feeling hard done by stuff has been taken away from you if it matters to you you'll make it work i mean you can take the baby with you places yeah. i mean maybe not, not to the, the nightclub but yeah. <laughs> um, we're going clubbing baby what no i'm talking to the baby <laughs> oh yeah hey it's free for kids right <laughs> If it fits under my jumper, I can bring it in, right? <laughs> Get my cans. 
Okay, so that brings us on to uh, a fear from someone called Zach. This fear was not being a good father. I know what it's like to not have a father and I want don't want to repeat the cycle. I think if you want something, you're going to be focusing on it. Um, he People knows who what aren't it's like good fathers not- don't fear being bad fathers. That's what I would say, straight off the bat there. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're, you're 100% right, yeah. yeah. Um, if you are concerned about not being a good dad, you're on the right track. Yeah. If um, you're listening to a podcast by two morons in the middle of nowhere in Ireland about parenting, because either you're going to be one or you're interested in, in parenting, then you're, again, on the right track to, to being a good parent. There's an awful lot of dads out there um, that are just shit human beings. Yeah, but well, um, there's also a lot of mothers too, in fairness. Oh, yeah. But it's much easier, I think, for dads to be bad dads as such and just yeah. disappear. Or... I mean, there's bad mothers that still have daily interaction with their kids. Yeah, um, but the... like their cigarettes for them, give them cans of beer. Yeah, or just send them to the shop to buy them fags and, you know... Play outside in the streets in the pajamas. Them. Yeah, of course. Um, but, I mean, there's plenty of dads out there that they, they could have like seven kids and seven different women and uh, they don't give uh, any attention or time to any of them. They're not, they're subhuman to me. There's animals that will spend time with their with their offspring. Um, and if you are less than an animal, then you don't deserve uh, basic human rights. No. Um, it's, I can, I can, I, I understand how sometimes things don't work out for people and the kid, like that guy said, his fear was because he didn't have a father, which I assume meant, I assume that means that maybe his dad left or whatever or, or passed away. But I know families split up and stuff. And maybe, you know what, worst case scenario, people do that. Um, if you are listening who are her single parents or, or afraid of, oh, well, I'm, I'm after having uh, or getting a girl pregnant or whatever, I don't really like. You know, you can still be a good dad and not be with the person who is is the mother or whatever. Don't be afraid of that kind of stuff because it's it's not something that should affect how you see yourself. Or there's plenty of dads who are great dads who aren't involved with the mother, and there's plenty of dads who are crap dads who are involved with the mother. So I would say if you fall anywhere in that spectrum where it's you're listening to this podcast, then I think you're safe enough. Being a single mom or a single dad doesn't make you a bad parent no i have personal friends good friends who um have kids with people they used to go out with and they, oh, they separated yeah, of them. and they're like the the one person i'm thinking about is a phenomenal dad he is a fantastic dad and in fact he faces adversity with dealing with his his child's mother because she is an excellent mother but she still harbors resentment towards resentment him. towards him and she vocally pushes that in the in the little kid's face which is shitty. yeah um she might be a good mother but that's a shitty thing to do oh yeah and this then makes the father feel extremely frustrated um and i've i've sat down with this dad and said listen childhood's short this kid has the best relationship I've ever seen with a dad, not just a separated dad, with any dad. You've yeah. got a fantastic relationship with your kid. You haven't got that long left of childhood. Um, and this kid is smart. So let let that kid make their own decision as to what they know is, is, is true and not. You just keep being a good dad. Yeah. That's what's going to come true in the end. So don't be afraid of being a bad dad. If you care enough to to want to be a good dad you will be a good dad and you'll keep yourself in check i mean history doesn't repeat itself if you don't want it to yeah 
So it's 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 again it's it's a lot of people a lot of Mike said about those those people who aren't involved with their kids or don't want to be involved with their kids or the kids are collateral damage of, of something they did to, in their mind they don't really give a crap about then yeah, I don't think that person's going to be on our website so exactly uh, this question comes in from Tom hi Tom Tom says I guess my biggest concern is that having a baby will force me to grow up. I'll have to drink less beer, play less video games. As someone who plays a lot of video games and drinks a reasonable amount of beer, you might drink a bit less the first few weeks. That's fine. Uh, you won't care because you'll be too tired to really want to go for a few points. I have found plenty of games I can play with one hand while holding the baby. Um, because I've got a PC, it makes it much easier. I think you don't have to grow up to have a kid. If anything, and this is one thing I was thinking uh, when Jenny was pregnant, having a kid enables you to go back to being a kid sometimes. So obviously I don't know yet because she's seven weeks, two days old. If I was to go down to her level, I would shit myself and cry. And I do that enough anyway. I mean, when the kid's two, three, four years old, you get to run around and play like you're two, three, four years old. You get to play with Lego again. Shout out to my brother who's 34 and collects Lego. Uh, um, there's, There's people who, like, you get to watch all those movies you liked as a kid through a kid's eyes again like i can't wait to watch the princess bride with with olivia i can't wait to watch the muppets with olivia i can't wait to hurt like into sesame street and stuff like that i can't wait to buy lego for her i can't wait to play games with her i can't wait to run around the back garden with her all these things that as an adult if you did them you might get a lot of strange looks you're, you're not allowed into the the jungle gym in the big blue barn unless you got a kid and it's it's one of the best days i've had just like chasing Mila around in the big jungle gym dressing up when your friends as a child awesome <laughs> yeah totally just like get get the smallest so friend you have your daughter's got a beard <laughs> yeah well it's a medical thing and I'll thank you to point that out that's it's it's really unkind of you to point that out but you've got like she's, she's nearly two I mean you get to play games with a two year old that's pretty cool yeah it is and I think honestly if you want something it's the same answer really if you want something to still be there after you've had your kid make it happen yeah and you um, get to play video games with your kid you get to go back and play mario kart i mean i i i already before jenny before when we even started about kids i planned out the first few games my kid's gonna play like mario on the nes and then super mario on the snes mario kart all these really old games and then kind of slowly bring them up to like really cool games till eventually i'm kicking her ass and i'll come back 10 by the time she's six and a half uh you're gonna be so disappointed she's like i don't want to play this tough shit Guess what, kid? You're you have gonna to be the exact same as I want you to be. I'm going to live my <laughs> life vicariously through you. Okay, Mike, this one comes in from a guy called Dan. And this is kind of very, I think the bump is an American website, so it's very kind of uh, American-leaning. But we can probably skew it a bit for uh, people who aren't American. If you are, fair play. Please don't elect Donald Trump. But let's go. Dan said, I'm deploying for a year, and I'm scared that when I get home, she won't know who I am, and she'll cry when I try to hold her. Now, we'll probably have to skew that a bit that maybe... You are working away, so you might be traveling a lot. You might be stationed over in Dubai or because I had friends who worked over in Saudi and whatever. So, Mike, people who are afraid that time away from their kid will make their kid forget them. Um, it's, a, it's a genuine fear. And to be honest with you, um, it's, it's a founded fear. There's um, research that's been done um, that says even if you're seven weeks away from your child, that it, it, it hurts your attachment. Um, and being a whole year away you're a stranger to your, to to this human being well with skype and stuff now i think less so but again like in ireland we do have people who serve in the military and who leave for six months as well that's got to be so hard and i mean that's something that you 
probably like it's okay to be afraid of but it is 2016 this isn't the 1970s and 80s where you might get a letter or whatever like you can you can or if you're working somewhere with everyone has the internet pretty much nowadays especially if you're like in saudi or whatever or sweden or wherever you're working on the oil rigs whatever uh for for three months or off at sea fishing you will be able to skype and see your child uh see your wife and if if you plan your life correctly and if if that's something you're scared of maybe then it's a career change you need to look at yeah Be- there's, there's, even for a couple of years while well, the kid is that young that they will forget you there's things you can do to manage it the same as with a physical Bring disability child with you to war if you if you have a good relationship with your spouse um a lot falls to the spouse for to make sure that you're talked about quite a bit yeah that daddy like i mean if you're talking about a, a zero to a one-year-old I don't know how long you'd have to stay on Skype for them to develop it. Yeah, well, that's with true. You. It's it's an awful lot of touch and smell, and um, this is a very uh, American listeners. Um, this doesn't really happen in Ireland. It does again. The Irish military do go off to Lebanon and stuff, but it's really for three to five months. I know the Americans. You go serving in Iraq and Afghanistan and stuff like that, um, but they, it doesn't really happen in Ireland. Uh, luckily enough for us um there's no real call for it so again i would be terrified of that happening yeah me but too it, but i have to say yeah, that being said actually just just to cut across if you're gone for a year and your kids you come back your kids one year old then you just have to start from there that's what it is that's about all to you say. can do if if it's a situation if it's an unavoidable distance that you're going to have to travel and you're going to have to be away for that long and it's a deployment and you can't get out of it um then just swallow the pill because when you come back in a year's time, you can do what you can for to develop some kind of attachment. They're not going to be attached to you when you come back. Just build it from there. And if you're away for a year and you come back and your wife is eight months pregnant, then that's a different podcast. And I think we need to have a conversation. Yeah, separation to be that I think. Yeah, that's it. Well, dot. Yeah, dot e, that'll do. Uh, so basically, what I'll say to you is, don't um, don't expect that your your kid will have the same attachment to you as the neighbor's kid does to to his dad but you can sure work on it you start from there i mean kids kids are so adaptable that after you can after bribe the crap out of them after a couple of weeks of you being home they will have developed a relationship with you um so it's not it's not broken and unfixable it's, bring them toys <laughs> buy their affection you can buy my affection too i would like some toys our next question comes from John. He says, lack of sleep because it makes me really cranky. My, uh, Mike, I, uh, I, was, I was one of those people. Um, I like my sleep. Uh, like to get, I used to, okay, so we'll say like November, December. I was, in general, actually, since like four or five years ago. I used to have real bad sleep pattern, but then I really got established that getting up at either six or seven, going to bed early enough uh, and I need my eight hours sleep and that's it. Um, I used to have like a really good pattern of, of, of getting up, going up at 6, 6.30, have my breakfast, get in the dart, go to the gym, get off from the gym to work, work till 5, go home, have dinner. And I was in this lovely routine uh, and I loved it. But when you got a kid, you don't get no routine. You, the like, look, it's only going to be for maybe a year. So far for me, lucky enough, the kid sleeps. I get up once and then the next day Jenny gets up once at three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning. Um, you are not going to get your full eight hours sleep. But this is like a small sacrifice to make for a kid. You can drink coffee, you can drink tea, you can drink Red Bull, whatever. Realistically speaking, the amount of energy that kid expends from of you at three or four in the morning, it's not going to be that much. You're not going to run after the kid. 
You're not going to have to go out and run around the house. You're not going to have to do anything silly. You just basically pick it up, feed it, wind it, it starts crying, calm it down, big deal. You'll be fine. If if you, hopefully, in there's a case where there's two people there, that if you are so super tired that you're like my brain, like again, hour and a half sleep last night, or night before last because of the UFC, you just have to say, look, you know what? I need my sleep tonight. Do you mind if... I sleep in the spare room or something because I got to go to work in the morning. Do you mind if ABC because I have to do I have to get up at six? Do you mind if I sleep all night and then I'll do the next two nights or something? It's, if you get a partnership to work with, happy days. If not, I suppose look, you just kind of got to do what you got to do. Yeah, and there's a lot to be said for looking forward as well. Just because you've got a newborn and the newborn's not sleeping and it's waking up every forty minutes and you need to feed every forty minutes. That doesn't last forever. No, um, you got like and your body is an amazing thing. It adapts, like we said, last very week. quickly to a situation. You might have spent the the first twenty five years of your life getting a solid eight hours, and you think you can't live without that. Your body is amazing, and and you'll you'll live on forty minutes of sleep if you need to. Oh yeah, but um, like last week we said, like the, those first six weeks, that's when everyone says the worst sleep pattern occurs. Six weeks isn't that long, and I can guarantee you, when you were in your late teens, your early twenties. You were going out drinking and I remember I've done it like I'm sure pretty much everyone listening to this has done it where you go out drinking you drink all night solidly you get home at three in the morning you fall into bed you get up at six have a shower and you go to work it's three hours sleep and you've been drinking all night so pretty much that's how you're going to feel minus the hangover with the baby plus you get to hang out with a baby so it's pretty cool yeah and I mean I think your body can do things for your child that it wouldn't be able to do for for no good reason that does not include breastfeeding men. Believe me, I've tried. Uh. Okay, so the last question we have um, came from a guy called Tony. Hi, Tony. Uh, his fear was not being able to soothe my baby when it cries. As in, he can't breastfeed? No, I mean soothe as in cal- I think that means calm down. Okay. Sure. You will crack that Ubi- Rubik's Cube. It might be frustrating at the start, but every child has a combination of things you can do to calm them down. Um, and if you go through the checklist of hungry, no, not hungry, dirty, no, not dirty, uh, needs to be picked up, yeah, that's it. You know, yeah. you, you'll, you'll you'll figure out what it is. Um, a, I ch- know. a child has one way of communicating with you, and yeah. that's the siren. But there is also, I mean, I shared on Facebook the other day, there's those that, are, that basically you almost universal sign language of the baby telling you what, it wants if its legs are going a certain way if it's going red in the face you're going to know it's hungry or tired or whatever i know i knew after two or three weeks pretty much what olivia was crying for because it's very specific there's the cry of ow i'm in pain which generally meant either gas or she had to go for a, a, a poo and couldn't or or maybe something was on too tight or whatever uh there's the i am really tired look which is i'm crying and i'm rubbing my eyes so you just pick it up and calm her down and look Again, it's not that complex a Rubik's Cube, really. When a kid is tired, it really, to, to calm down, just needs to be around you or your partner or whoever else is there. Give it a cuddle, calm her down, rub her back, and pat her head, just, you know, sing at it, like, whatever. I mean, like, I'm not a singing person, but I sang an awful lot in the last seven weeks yeah. to either distract her while I changed her nappy, which has been, like, literally some freestyle rapping, uh, 
in an Irish accent. It's not pretty people. Or uh, to get her to sleep, it's singing that uh, Goodnight Sweetheart song from Three Men and a Little Baby. It's just whatever. Your brain will go, okay, I'll just make a noise. And then the kid's like, hey, I like that noise. I know that guy's voice from when I was in the womb. I know that girl's voice when I was in the womb. That's my mom. That's my dad. I know that smell. That's my parents. I'm against their skin. This is cool. Uh, it's just you, you will know after a very short time what your baby wants and how to best deploy that so that's not something i'd be afraid of at all one word of warning i'd give is if you've got a a partner who's who's uh quite strong in 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 will yeah um that you don't just give in and, and hand the baby over oh yeah just no. because well she's going to be able to calm the baby down quicker than i am i hate seeing that when people are like and i i, I i'm not mentioning any friends because I, I can't actually top my head think of anyone i know now that did it but maybe it's something people don't do anymore but People who like the, the baby's crying. Actually, I saw people do it in my cafe who I didn't know on a personal level where kids crying and the dad's like, shh, calm down, calm down. And either the dad gave up and was like, you, you calm her down. I can't do it. Or their mother was looking at him like he was stupid. Yeah. And was like, just just here, look, 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 you're scaring her. Give her to me. That's yeah. like... And there's, there's, there's two things going on there. There's no support for the dad who's actually actively trying. Yeah. And there's this... I, I think it's a, a need to be wanted... Oh, yeah, parents that you know you know what they need me yeah you can't do for them what i can do for them and it's it's a fucking sickness i think oh well you it, need you need to have a team mentality when it comes to yeah or else you're, you're gonna like we're both very lucky that we are in relationships and our wives are really nice to us and we're nice to them and we're like me and jenny were we're similar and we're different in enough ways that we work really well together yeah it's a team. Yeah. And that's that's the attitude we've taken towards, okay, this is a real dirty nappy. I'm going to need a hand. This yeah. is, this is your man, she's so hungry. Can you get a bottle while I do this? Or Jenny this morning had to make, send some emails and stuff. And I was like, look, you know what? It's cool. Just give me the baby for a few hours and you go do what you got to do. Uh, and if you have that relationship, um, then happy days. If not, and you're going into parenthood or you're already in parenthood, it's time to sit down together and say, look, we're in this together. This isn't a competition they were doing the best thing for ourselves and for the kid if we approach this as a team yeah and i think if you're finding yourself in a scenario where your partner is a little overbearing and Mm. wants to do everything you need to have a talk oh yeah and And don't don't, be afraid of that talk don't have the talk in the middle of the upset baby scenario you need to have a talk and don't have that talk in the middle of the upset baby scenario Wait when till, tempers are high and oh yeah never when you're never afraid have a, a proper conversation when you're arguing never mind what it's about this isn't a parenting or relationships in general he at the moment is the worst thing to bring yeah. up these things wait wait till there's a lull um it's calm and it's quiet and say hey listen um i don't know if you noticed but i was i was genuinely trying to to comfort the baby earlier on and i'd like to be able to do it and i know that you're like used to doing it and you've got your you, you've got it down but i'd like to have it down too yeah um so and it's in the other person's interest too because then the pressure isn't always on them and if it's a case of well i want to bond with the baby more i'm the i'm the mother and the father whatever whichever person is the more we're bearing you just got to be like straight up like look i'm involved in this too so we need to do this together because that's how this is best going to work yeah and i mean if you approach it that way you're far less likely to get the angry reaction that you might get if you just shout hey let me be a dad for christ's sake or yeah. whatever you know in in the heat of the moment so i mean if you if you if you want to be hands-on 
um, sometimes you have to you have to have that that conversation. Yeah. Okay, guys. So that's ten things that people are scared of when they're going to be parents. I think we've got some banter in there. We've got some points in there. It's pretty much covered everything. So I suppose we will talk to you next week. Uh, don't forget, we are brought to you by our sponsors, taxpro.ie. The podcast is only possible because of them. So if you've got any kind of tax back queries, any kind of tax queries at all, make sure you go onto taxpro.ie and get in touch today. Uh, yeah, we got some good content, I could say. Uh, we stayed on topic pretty good, too. I thought so, too. Uh, now, look, we do need feedback. So, look, if you guys think it was too straight-laced, if it was too, uh, this thing it needs to have more fun, then you let us know and we will do our best to accommodate everyone. Or just, just message us and say, hey. You guys are cool, man. Hi. I like your podcast. Uh, will you send me pictures of Brian in, in just his socks? No, we won't. Stop sending those messages. It's really weird. Okay, guys, that's it for us. So, from me, Brian. And me, Mike. That has been the Dad to Be A podcast, episode three. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again next time. Hi, my name is Marjorie, and I'm worried that my child is uh, on the roof. <laughs> and uh, what's giving you these worries, Marjorie? Well, my child is uh, on the roof. Help me, please. I'm, I'm not helping you with this one. Um, next caller. This is the police. The what next the caller. Is that girl's number. <laughs>